As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Jason Douglas from Three Guys Talking, and you're listening to the 4D Podcast Network. Watching the pollution roll out of this, <laughs> <laughs> the hotel across the street. just keep coming. It's, it's just all the burnt pancakes <laughs> from the International House of Pancakes. Do you think Trump is going to shut down International House of Pancakes no, now? No, that's where he eats the most. I feel like <laughs> I feel like if you were to find Trump at three in the morning. It would be at the International House of Pancakes. Give me another sausage. <laughs> it's going to be like, uh, you know, how uh, um, uh, Frank went to go see the, the guy that, that did the ribs in House of Cards. Yeah. Like, that's how <laughs> Trump is going to be at the International House of Pancakes. <laughs> I'll take a these, double stack. What are these crepes? I like them. <laughs> Melania, you can't have any. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep that figure. I'm not trying to fuck a four. <laughs> They're from France. I don't like them. Send them back. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first edition of Spotcast, a podcast about podcasts. My name is Stubby J. I'm your host today. Joining me today is a good friend of mine. We're good friends. Yeah, I, yeah, think I we're, think so. Yeah, good. I'll yeah. go with that. Um, <laughs> we should be. A uh, good friend of mine, Michael Malone. Uh, Michael Malone is a nationwide, I'm going to say nationwide, <laughs> comedian. <laughs> Just because God knows where you're going to be the next day. <laughs> I'm, I'm moving to Germany. <laughs> Global-wide <laughs> comedian. Michael Malone is joining me. Uh, Mike has done a couple of different podcasts. Uh, you did the Michael Malone podcast for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you just did a recent stint as a guest podcaster on the Foster the, the Foster podcast. Foster the podcast, which is so much fun. That yeah. show is always a blast. Uh, Justin Foster is just like, 
just a wild card. <laughs> I don't know how to describe. He's just the best human. I remember the last time that uh, you guys were in town, we hung out with Foster. <laughs> Goddamn, some of the stories that he shared with us was great. He's 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 uh he's insanity with legs. <laughs> I loved it. I loved every moment of it. Uh, you've also seen uh, you multiple times on Fox's laughs. Yeah. Um, and then you're also working on a web series called The Good Doctor. Yes. Which is fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's a little way. animated series. And the idea is just uh, what happens when a super villain goes to see a, a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I really enjoy it just because I'm really big into villainy myself. Right. I, I totally feel as if uh, every hero needs a villain. Right. And, and you know, because you wouldn't be a hero otherwise. Right, like, exactly. Yeah, you'd just and, be a dude. Yeah. It's <laughs> 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 <That's> random. <laughs> Why do you keep doing bad shit? I don't know, man. I don't know. I just I love it. <laughs> it feels good. Nobody's stopping me, so I better take care of it. Yeah, he's just—he's just—he's just, oh, just one-dimensional. He's just evil. <laughs> and and, the, and the therapist's job is just to kind of tap it, and he just can't—he can't get back. There is no other wall. He's just evil <laughs> for the sake of being. I like, and I, we did a Halloween episode. Not to, not to talk too much about it. We did a Halloween episode, which my favorite part was dressing him up as Darth Vader. So you have a supervillain dressed up as another supervillain, which I thought was really it's like it's like the Russian doll of <laughs> of comedy. It was <laughs> it, it, it brought me so much joy. Oh, man. So good. Your creative mind is ridiculous. You and I were talking about this. Um, you wrote and directed Bethlehem. Yeah. Uh, you were also in another uh, horror movie called Chopped Up. Uh, Chopping Block. Yeah. Chopping Block. Sorry. You yeah, you're fine. Did a lot of a uh, lot of work. I'm thinking of your latest podcast series called Punched Up. Yeah, um, where you actually sit down with a you know a comedian or an entertainer, and yeah. you just kind of really dig deep. That is comedian Ben Glebe. I'm your host Michael Malone, and this is Punched Up, a podcast about stand-up comedy that's well, punched up. Yeah, some of the lives. stories they're sharing, uh, you know, they're not all sad, but they're not all happy. You know what I mean? And that's that's kind of what I I, I want to showcase uh, on, on the world stage. There is like not you know people look at comedians, they think that they're just all. It's just all, you know, uh, it's all joy. It's all happiness. It's not. Every comedian you know is severely broken. <laughs> and I like hearing, and they're all broken in different ways. And I, and I like tapping into that. Like you said, I like I like kind of going behind the scenes and figuring out um, those those breaks to see what happened in there. Like uh, uh, Bill, uh, Bill Blanks is one of my favorite episodes, The Kiss of Death. Um, you know, he talks about that anxiety that happened uh, from his first kiss and that, he, uh, you know, that anxiety that stemmed from it. He, he was bedridden for a, for a month, you know, when he was when he was a child because he realized that one day, he realized too soon that one day he was going to die, and that we're all going to die, mm. and so it, it it just it manifested into this idea. Well, then what am I doing waiting on death? Why don't I Why don't I do it myself? And he was, you know, depressed, and it, and it triggered all this anxiety. And then eventually he found stand up comedy, and he started doing jokes and started traveling. And it turned into like a, a vaccine for for uh, for the depression and for the anxiety. I know I know some people have horrible horrible mental illness, whatever it is, depression, anxiety. You know where it, it it's crippling. And trust me, I've felt that. I've been there. But there's a lot of overdiagnosis 
in the fact that we're in this place in society where everything has to be okay. Right, yeah. It's not okay. Like, when did it stop being okay to be weird? (laughs) Right. You know? Like, why can't you just say, yeah, that's weird, but whatever. Because people are so quick to get offended by even saying that, oh, that's a little weird. They're like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. Yeah. It's like you have to have this acceptance. How come you can't just, how come the acceptance can't be the acceptance of weird? Why not? I'm fucking different. Yeah. I like it. I like being different than everybody else. I want to be run-of-the-mill fucking guy. Right. I like that. Embrace my difference. Embrace my weirdness. Yeah. And we're good. But you can't even do that. You can't have that label anymore, you know? And so I think I think that a lot of mental anxiety especially, um, it can be used as a tool. It doesn't have to be a disability it can be a strength right if you package it the right way you know the the anxiety the crippling anxiety that that i went through at that young age i went through it because of how deeply i was thinking how outside of every fucking thing i'd ever heard in my life where my brain was going and that was scary yeah um i thought something's wrong with me why am i having these thoughts there's something wrong no, man. I'm just fucking a deeper dude than, than yeah. the people around me. I find that fascinating. Stuff like that you would never know, meeting Bill. You would never know about the background. You, would, you have no idea about that, watching him on stage or any of that. He's so funny. He's so quick. He's so clever. And then he has this, this, this dark secret, right. you know? Um, and, 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 I, and I like that. I, I, like, I like sharing those, those things. When did you decide that, you know, punched up? And, of course, you obviously, like I said, you are one of the most creative people that I've ever met. Oh, thank you. And uh, that's not meant as a compliment. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, like me, I'm I'm the same way where I just have those creative juices constantly going where it's like, I want to do this and I want to do this. And right. I want to work on that and I want to work on that. But Jesus Christ, man, with as much stuff as you have got going on. Right. At what point in time were you like, yes, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to make this a podcast? Um, it was, you know, it, I, again, it was, I, I enjoy, uh, it was, it was a little bigger than that decision. It was, I really enjoyed, um, I love listening to podcasts like Radio Lab and Serial and This American Life and those stories that really bring those, uh, those things to life with the music and with the sound effects and with, you know, clips of, of, of the artist and all that stuff. I really mm. love those things. And I felt like, you know, I was doing the Michael Malone show. When it first started, I was doing skits and this and that and whatever and music and whatever. And uh, that was what I wanted to get into. But nobody, I don't think it was ready yet. I didn't know how to use those things. And then when Punch, when the idea came up with Punched Up, I thought, well, what if I showcase somebody's story in that manner? What if I did that? You know, what if I really tried to make these stories come to life? And it was something I felt very passionate about. I lo- you know, again, I love those those dark secrets, you know, you find out about these people, um, you know, with Ricardo's story, he got stabbed by his stepfather. I mean, it's, it's, that's a story he, he doesn't tell on stage. You wouldn't know unless you knew him very personally. And there are some stories, you know, that you and I have shared too, uh, along the lines of the, you know, right. Your, your story of the trip to the upper peninsula <laughs> right. of, of Michigan, <laughs> yes. um, that you also had on your podcast, Michael Malone podcast. Right. Um, so when you come into doing Punched Up, you have the idea, you have, you know, kind of a basic general idea in your mind. 
how do you say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Do you format everything out where it's like, okay, I'm going to bring a comedian in here. I'm going to sit down. We're just going to talk about their story right yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. The format is just, just like a regular podcast. So I always, and this is what I tell the guest, and, and you know, I bring him in. I say, okay, I'm I'm going to try and not to interrupt. I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to chime in or whatever for editing purposes. So I'm very interested. I'm just going to shut the fuck up while you're talking. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's one of those things. Um, and so I allow them to tell the story as if they are just ever, as if we're just hanging out and they're just telling me a story like a normal podcast would go. And then I go back through later and I clip through and find out, you know, the meat of the story and all the stuff and the direction. And the only thing I ask for my guests is there's a beginning and middle and end to your story. Cause I don't want to be searching and I don't, I don't want to end your story for you and all right. that other things. Um, and, and I think it works best that way because they get to tell the story how they want exactly, you know, in order and all that stuff without interruption. Again, like we're hanging out and then I go back through and just make it, uh, come to life. You, you know, I, you know, I take it to that, to that other level, you know, with the music and everything else. Um, bring us through a recording day. Like, like how, how exact, I mean, what do you use usually for your recordings? Uh, I have a, I have a setup similar to yours. I have a, I have a soundboard. I have two studio microphones. Um, uh, uh, just, a, I, I record on garage band and all that stuff. Um, and all of the music and sound effects and all that stuff, as I find on uh, royalty free, uh, sites, much like YouTube audio and mm-hmm. stuff like that, or, um, or pound five, uh, websites like that, where you can either pay to have these clips or they're royalty free and they're just, you know, free to use for whatever. Um, and so that way I don't actually have to compose anything or right. do any of that. And then I ask the artist to, um, if if the if they have uh, stand up clips that go along with the story, much mm-hmm. like uh, King Gar has a great story uh, about being in the Special Olympics and how he's broken almost every bone in his body. Sweet uh, Jesus. It's it's incredible. Um, but he he tells that story on stage, and so what I do is I let him on the podcast. You know, during our interview, I let him tell the story. And then I'll take a little chunk from him doing that story on the stage mm-hmm. and fill in the gaps a little bit with that. And I think it, that little back and forth is the stuff that I really love putting together. Um, How much time do you would you sit? Do you say that you sit down with the comedians? Then, like you sit down, and you say, "Okay, here's your mic. Here's my mic. I'm right. not going to say a goddamn thing." Yeah, no, that's the thing. Yeah, I let them go through their story, and then at the end, I I, I usually take notes during their story, mm-hmm. and then at the end, that's when I chime in. That's when I start asking questions and I start digging deeper and be like, "Okay, when that when you did, uh, you know, break your your first bone or whatever, how, how did you feel? Did you was it panic? Did you you know was it just another day? Did da da da?" And I that's when I start digging, and that's when you you get kind of those those deeper moments um, that, that you hear on the podcast is me actually digging through and being like, okay, now take me back to that day and take me here and, and that kind of stuff. So I keep record and then and then you know, go from there. So usually a podcast episode will last anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour, and then I chop it down to 15 minutes. Which uh, is crazy. I mean, that was the one thing about your podcast because, like I said, I, I dig your creative mind. Um, you're actually the reason why I got into podcasting, believe it or not. I've told you the story numerous times, um, where a fellow co-host of mine, Jason Douglas from three guys talking (laughs) was, uh, on your podcast and I listened back and I was like, man, that's just so cool to be able to sit down and just bullshit about this and that. Right. And it was one of the things where it's like, then it just totally inspired me to do my thing as well. So when it comes down to that, then too, is it's. You know, you cut it down to 15 minutes, you know, talking with somebody for 45 minutes to yeah. an hour. 
that's crazy. Yeah, and, it, I, and I find myself. The best part about that is that I find myself wanting more. Right. Yeah. Well, I think this is a. You know, we are we are becoming a uh, a, a generation of, uh, of of not only a greedy generation of you know I I like this product or I like this thing I want more 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 right now. But you also don't want it to be too long. Everything attention spans have gone down so much that even with like the example I give is with the Good Doctor. They're a minute long or a minute and a half long at the very most. They will never be more than two minutes long because nobody has two fucking minutes anymore. Right. And the idea to sit down and actually tell a story, um, you know, for forty five minutes to an hour. Nobody wants to do that anymore. I mean, sure, you can get away with that on, on a Netflix series or something like that or a radio lab, but even radio lab, you can you can stop 20 minutes in and go back to it because they jump around. They're not just covering this one piece of the story. You know, they do it in chunks. 10 minutes here, 15 minutes here, 10 minutes, you know, they wrap it up, they do all this other stuff. They talk to different people, they interview different things. So it's it's not just a straight hour of discussion. It's chopped up just like everything else is. So I thought, well, why, why would I, in, in this idea of, of shrinking things down, why does my podcast have to be 45 minutes or an hour? Why does it have to be the Joe Rogan experience where you have to have four hours of your day right. just playing in the background? Like I, I, I wanted to really make it lean and focus on one story. And that's, that's what I always tell my guests too. It's like, I'm not going to bullshit with you. I'm not going to, you know, uh, well, this is this person from this, and it doesn't. And that's the other thing. It doesn't matter who they are or what they've done. They have a they have a story. They have a great story to share. And it doesn't matter if they've been on Last Comic Standing or HBO or if you've heard of him or if it's a household name or a fucking nobody. It's about the story, and that's that's what I've really tried to focus on is is just really getting down to that lean meat of of of, of the story, and 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 not to whatever, but I. The thing that I loved doing about the the Michael Malone show was showcasing these artists. Yeah. Uh, when when Jason and those guys were on, I wanted I wanted not only for people to know them personally, but I also wanted them to know their work. So I, I would ask the artists to bring on songs or or stand up bits that they wanted to showcase because I want I want people to become fans of this person as well as hear their their story as well. And so that was the element that I took from the Michael Malone show and added on to Punched Up. If you listen to every Punched Up uh, episode, there is clips of their actual stage uh, presence and stuff like that. They're doing jokes. So you not only get to hear this this really personal story from these people, but you also get a glimpse of their of their stage persona and hopefully become a fan. Hopefully you go, oh, and this guy's fucking funny or this chick is great or whatever. Like, Hopefully they become a fan on, on that level as well. Um. Yeah, because I know that with the first one that you did with Leah, yeah, was I mean I listened to it while I was at work and I I was dang near in tears. I and then she finally wrote me a long letter because I was getting ready for a missionary trip and she's like I can't support you and I can't be friends with you and I can't see you ever again. So I, of course I drove to her house because when you're right. 19 you're insane. This is, I'm never going to feel like this again, which is kind of true. But so I drove to her house and she was friendly with me. We talked for about a half hour about surfacey stuff. And then she walked me to my car and she's like, I can never see you again. And that was it. I was 19. I've never seen her since. Yeah, it's, 
it was that was um that was a that was a special episode. You know, I had cut a couple things together as examples to kind of you know like I, I I always do that. I always cut a few examples together and I share them with a close group of friends that I kind of bounce ideas off of and go, well, what about this? And um, I had a couple episodes already cut up with Jim Short and uh, Matt Kirshen and um, uh, but Leah was I, I I felt that Leah was the perfect kickoff for the series. I mean, it is such a personal story about you know if if you haven't listened to it out there it's it's the first episode um she talks about um growing up that struggle of of growing up uh not knowing really how to feel not only about being homosexual but how to feel about herself and her struggle with religion and how what religion has taught her about being homosexual and and kind of fighting against it and finding out who she really is as a person and all this stuff. And, and I think that's a story that needs to be told. I think it's a very important story. And, and, uh, and I wanted to kick off the series with something like that. So you can a not be like, Oh, this isn't just another comedy podcast. Waka waka. <laughs> There's some shit going on, man. There's some shit going on behind the scenes that you would never know. And you record out of your uh, your beautiful home in yes. California. <laughs> yes, in, in sunny California. Uh, I, I've seen like so the setup. You, you've got a nice little patio, yeah, out back, and and seeing you get all that stuff set up out there and having it just kind of on your table out there. That's pretty rad. Man. I I try to make it as intimate and as relaxing as possible because again, most again they're not all sad stories. I don't want you to be like go into <laughs> my podcast and cry. <laughs> there are really funny stories attached to it. Too. DJ Danglers are great episode yeah. for a funny one he, his dad is named everything dj <laughs> everything dj he has three bands named dj and the djs for god's sake here's my cat's name's dj <laughs> right? like, there's funny and kelsey cook with the john mayer story you know she was on tour with jim morton jim norton and she and she met john mayer and she totally fangirled out and it was like you know it was that's a great really fun story uh so they're not all whatever but i like to create that that relaxation and and i want people to feel comfortable enough to open up if if and when I go into those when I start digging into those deeper questions I want them to feel like oh, okay yeah this is safe and this is okay and and I can I can really express it have you had anybody when you tell them you know you pitch them the idea or mm-hmm. you pitch them like hey man I would love to have you on my show uh, you know this podcast and it's about you know kind of opening up to show the inside lives of comedian um, instead of just that outside lives that everybody see. Have you ever had anybody just be like, yeah, man, I'm not interested in that? <laughs> no, no, I've been very fortunate uh, to, to, to have everybody be pretty open-minded, especially um, one, of my, one of my favorite ones was, was Ben Glebe. Um, when I reached out to Ben Glebe, he's, he's a good friend of mine, all this other stuff. I love what he does on stage and this and that. When I first started rolling, he heard the Leah Mansfield episode. That's the example that I sent him. And I said, listen, I'm, I'm looking for stuff like this. And he, he was, his response was, was overweight. He was like, oh my God, I love this. This is, this is exactly what we need and this and that. And he, he, uh, he shared three stories with me, three phenomenal stories. He was there for two hours. Jesus. Um, you know, I've, I've only posted one of his, uh, it is right now it's from speeches to showtime where he, he's never he's never talked about that before um that was a story that he picked to share uh, personally he said i want to share this i have never shared this i want i you know i think this is the perfect platform for me where 
you know, he's he's had his whole life where he's had a speech impediment and it really struggled with it as a child and all this other stuff. And now he makes a living speaking for a living. You know, he hosts a game show. He's, he's a regular on Chelsea lately. He just had a Showtime special, this and that. He overcome, uh, he overcame all of these obstacles to follow his dream and to really, you know, be funny. That's what he always, he's always wanted to be. Was- I would see speech therapists sporadically throughout my life and they would always try to teach me these physical techniques, how to cure the stutter. A lot of people get blocked on M sounds and V sounds and Bs and Ns so because they're hard sounds and you're not opening your vocal cords to say them. They're like, mmm, it's like a closed sound. Right. So to get rid of it, you can put an H sound in front of a word. So instead of saying, Mom, I'm hungry, you say, Ha, Mom, I'm hungry. And I never tried it even once. It just seemed like a ridiculous trick. It made me sound like a breathy pervert. I think it was just, hi, what's going on? It's like, I was not interested in that. I'd rather have a speech problem than come off as a com- complete. i than be a creep. Yeah, to be a total creep. I'd take a stutter every day of the week. Imagine wanting to be funny and wanting to tell jokes and all that, but you can't fucking talk. Yeah, I got a guy like that. His name is Andy. I'm just kidding. kidding. We love you, Andy. (laughs) But yeah, you know, he stuttered. He would lock up in public and all these other things. He talks about a book report where he just, he spent all this time making this book report and and doing all this stuff. And then when it got to the time, he he locked up and he just started making up facts to get through it. And, and, you know, he he sinks down into himself. And it's stories like that that you're like, I would have never guessed that with how fearless he is on stage. With I saw Ben Glebe go out in the crowd of the ice house one night literally lay on the tables and unbutton his shirt and serenade two women with frank sinatra lyrics just like that's the kind of shit he's fearless man and 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 to think that he locks up in public or or has a, yeah. a speech but like get the fuck out i never would have thought that and he talks about he also shares the moment where he locked up on national television he locked up on chelsea lately he started his stuttering on Chelsea Lee. He hadn't had an outbreak in years, and now he's on national television in front of millions of people in Chelsea Lately, the most ball-busting show, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, since Tough Crowd, and, and, and he can't talk. I couldn't even imagine. It's devastating. Unreal. And then this, I mean, we're going to get into this a little bit later. Uh, we're going to jump into a quick break here coming up. Yeah. Where can people find your uh, podcast at? Uh, punchedupodcast.com. Uh, and also on Twitter, it's at uh, punchedupod. Or you can always find everything at Malone Comedy. That's like kind of like the hub. You can watch The Good Doctor there, my new series, Bethlehem. And you can listen to Punched Up at malonecomedy.com. Perfect. Uh, we're going to jump into a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to talk about some post-production. Uh, also, where Punched Up is leading to bigger and better things. Things, right. as well as um, a hell of a lot more stuff. <laughs> I'm sitting here with Michael Malone. We'll be right back right after this. This is a Red Star, Minnesota, John O'Beaver, Ring General Radio. You are listening to Spotcast on the 4D Podcast Network. Do you think International House of Pancakes delivers? Oh, of course they do. <laughs> I think you'd pay more in delivery than actual for the food. Because everything over there is like a, like $2, right? I think so. Like a meal is, is two ninety nine. We should call them later. <sighs> Just see if they deliver. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, every, after every show, I'm like, I might go over there. <laughs> you never do. <laughs> I never do, but that's why... <laughs> 
It's like when you're in Vegas, you're like, I might get a prostitute this time. <laughs> you never do. You never do. But you think, you know, I got an extra hundred dollars. <laughs> and then you end up going to bed and the next morning you're like, God damn, I'm so glad I didn't. Do right? <laughs> yeah. You're like, God, I'm glad I didn't, I didn't hook up with pancakes last night. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Spotcast on the 4D Podcast Network. Stubby J sitting down with uh, comedian Michael Malone, friend yes. Michael Malone. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's one of those things because, like, in passing, like, you end up meeting somebody at one point in time where you're like, oh, yeah, we're really good friends. And then, like, they ask that person, like, yeah, I talked to uh, Jake Beaver the other day. He's like, who the fuck is that? Right. <laughs> are you talking about i have no idea who that is <laughs> who what now yeah. <laughs> he says you guys are really good friends i have no clue i don't know who that who i that have family like is. that <laughs> <laughs> that's your cousin is it no is really it? you sure i don't know i don't see there's a well how distant that right. is the cousin <laughs> right um we're talking about your podcast punched up right now and uh, we just finished talking about you know Ben Ben Glebe and uh, you know him coming yeah. on and, and just pumping out three hours worth of stories for you. Yeah, um, he kind of helped you out too along the lines of of pushing this punched up kind of more digitally and media wise. Yeah, um, he 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 made it uh, legit. I think he was the first guest to come on and, and kind of uh, you know because we tied it to his Showtime special coming out. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the title of the episode is Speechless to Showtime for God's sakes. <laughs> so we, uh, you know, it was just it was perfect timing and it was a great time, you know, to, to share that story and, and to get it out there and to get it passed around. And so with punched up then i i've seen some of your editing and and some of the stuff that you do with editing and yeah. i i too work on a lot of editing when it comes to audio and stuff and i know like layering holy shit the number of windows you have open <laughs> for layering on this stuff is amazing and yeah the perfectionist that you are when it comes down to it i mean sometimes moving that song just a minuscule of a second right, can yeah. change how that turns out. How long does the product, the post production process go? Um, if I'm really dedicated to an episode, I can I can turn one around um, in three days. I mean, I can do them in one day, but I, you, you know, when you when you when you rush something like that, it feels rushed. It, you can feel it, um, and that's kind of why I've you know I was putting one out every week, and and I was really like dedicated to that timeline, and I had some stocked up and all that stuff, and I've kind of taken a break to record some new episodes and get some new faces on there and all the other things because. I don't want to rush it. I don't want to feel like oh, I'm putting this out because it's Tuesday and, I, and it's Tuesday and, and if it's not up, then nobody's going to know about it. I, I want them to be done. I want them to be ready. Um, so I can, I can, if I really dedicated myself, I could do, I could do a turnaround in one day, but I don't like to do that because even when you're in it, especially when you're in the thick of editing, and you know this from editing, it's you, even when you think it's perfect, you could wake up the next morning and re-listen to it, and you go, "Oh fuck, that God damn, I should have done this that different like shit or whatever." I never want to have that feeling. I, I, I try to do my best to make sure that these stories are showcased in the best. Like, there's still stories that I go back and I listen to, and I go, 
I should have moved that or oh man that sounds weird or that transition was a little fucking you know whatever but you can't do anything about it now and and you know whatever so even even when you think you have it perfect you don't there's still room for improvement how long do you go through listening on this music you know to finally say like this is going to be the one that i want for this episode hours dude i uh (laughs) i I had Ben Glebe's from Speechless to Shut Up, not to keep going back to it, but I had that episode, I had it finished and ready to put out. And I, like I said, I show things to, you know, a, a close group of friends. And, right. And um, I sent it to a few people and they were like, yeah, I like it, but this music isn't, you know, exactly. And I ended up scrapping everything. Every, every piece of music that I had attached to the original version of that episode is gone. And um, and I, I had to just start over. And that, that happens. That doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen. You, right. you know, you, you, you spend hours working on this or that, and then you go back and you go, man, that's not the vibe I, I, I want. Because it, it is. It's all about creating that vibe. It's all about what's best for that story. Maybe it's not the thing that I want to listen to or maybe whatever. I mean, there's in DJ Dangler's episode, there's country music. I don't listen to country music. I don't care for country music. I don't exactly know what I'm looking for. But it fits the situation. But it fits the story, mm-hmm. and that's the vibe that I want to create. It was, you know, an upbeat story about his dad who lives in rural Indiana who <laughs> had country bands and all this other stuff and so guess what you get fucking you know kind of rock country music attached (laughs) when people ask me what my dad does it's impossible to say he's yeah he's 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 done done a ton of stuff and it's all random shit weird it doesn't really seem to go together the law has the same name (laughs) all of it all of it is dj related Two bars. He had Two DJ's bars. Den and DJ's nightclub. I be, like. I think that this was all way before me too. Like right. I'm, I'm, I'm so much. Uh, yeah, it wasn't like an homage. Yeah, to, no, it wasn't no. Like, here's the, my son. DJ. I am the yeah, very now. last DJ installment, I believe. <laughs> Uh, my father's name is Denny John. He's always gone by DJ. Right. He's ran two bars that were named DJ's Den, DJ's Nightclub. Two. He was in. Uh, let, let's do the bands last because those are the funniest. Growing up, we had like at least three pets named DJ. Like at least three. And I don't want to keep asking because it seems kind of rude. You know, like, I'm like, right, right, right. how many? And I know mom knows, but she doesn't want to count because it, it's just awful. <laughs> like, I just, at some point at dinner, I just wanted to just scream like, 17 dogs, Denny. <laughs> 17 goddamn dogs I didn't get to name. And then, I mean, musically, too, you and I have shared a lot of music back and forth. Right. Just kind of different things that we're listening to and, and stuff like that. And yeah. so that was one of the biggest things for me, too, because you said, yeah, it's going to be a mix of, you know, talk and comedy and music. And I was like, I can get into this just because your idea and your sense of music when it comes down to it is amazing. Right. Yeah. 
Um, is there anybody on your podcast that you really, really want to get on? Um, sure. I would. I mean, I would love to. You know, some of the great storytellers that we have going on. Right. I would love to get Bill Burr on, mm-hmm. and and I know Bill and stuff like that. I just haven't made that that I haven't reached out yet. You know what I mean? I, I want it to be, again, you, you think in your head, you're like, I need this to be perfect. I need this to be read. And so I want to, I want to stock up a few. I want to get the buzz going a little bit before I do approach those bigger guys, like, you know, your Ralphie Mays and your Bill Burrs and your Jim Jeffries and stuff like that. Um, and so th- those are the guys that I that I would I would eventually love to to have on the show because they are such great storytellers and the stories that they have are you know they're fucking um, incredible story that yeah. again in the green room is where you get and that's kind of where the whole thing stems from is in the green room is where you get the best stories of course um, because it's so personal back there there's no filter there's no nothing going on I mean whenever whenever there's a tragedy on TV. There's a green room full of comics already <laughs> tagging it up. And I know that sounds awful and I know that sounds bad, but we just look at the world in a different way and it, 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 that we don't have we don't share the same filter as, you know, as everyone else and so the green room man, that is that is really that's really where you get the the, the best stories. Do you ever have one where you end up recording it and then once you're done recording it you're just like, mm, I, "I don't know." I don't know if this will play off so well. I yeah, and I I try to tell um, the guys. This goes back to the preparation. Is you know I tell them, hey, you know, bring two or three stories because if you tell somebody I focus on one story and blah blah blah, then they come to the table and they're like, I got a story where I shit my pants in Idaho, <laughs> and you're like, well, okay, well that's well that's fun that's, and funny. That's okay, but I everybody shit their deeper. pants in Idaho. Yeah, exactly. Like I want I want some. You know, I, I want some feeling to it. Um, uh, you know, and so uh, you know, I try to I try to tell them to bring two or three stories with them, and then I go through those stories. I, I don't go all the way through them because that's the thing. When you when you hear me on the podcast, those are my general reactions. Those you want are, the legit reaction from it, exactly. Yep. When I'm laughing or when I'm asking questions or doing this or that, that's that's my first reaction to that. I have not heard the story, just like you haven't heard this story. Uh, you know, the listener. So. Uh, I, I do, however, prep in a way of, 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 of I know what I'm getting into. You know, when, when Ken Gar came to me and he said, well, I can tell the story about, you know, I've, about the Special Olympics. And I go, great, I'd love to have you on to do that. And then he hit me with, when he got to the house, he was like, well, you know, I have this rare bone disease and I've, I've broken every bone in my body. I'm like, you, you, you have what now? Like, <laughs> what what is attached to this? I had no fucking idea. And... And, uh, you know, not that going to the Special Olympics isn't a good enough story already, but attaching that to it, holy shit, now we're, now we're cooking. Now we have some feeling. Now we have some fucking, some, some, some real meat. The first bone I remember breaking, I think I want to say it was Christmas Day. Now that I remember, my, I had gotten a tricycle type uh, bike and my brother, Barry, who's 12 years older than me, was pushing me around the pool table and my leg got caught in the tire and it snapped my tibia which is the bone the bone below the knee so I went and I got a cast and had it on for six weeks got it off went home and rebroke my leg that day I did the math so I've as far as I can remember, I, and I went back and looked at my medical files, and I think I counted 
about 35 broken bones. And if you average around six weeks per bone for recovery, you're looking at 210 weeks or almost four years total in recuperating. Like the last, I think, fracture I had as I was throwing around a softball and it got my knuckle and it basically right here exploded it. Oh, wow. And they wanted to put a pin in and I'm just like, I ain't no pussy, man. All right? <laughs> we don't put pins in fingers, buddy. This is America Jack, you know? And I didn't do it. And they're like, my mom's like, you're going to get arthritis. I go, that is the least of my worries. I have two metal rods keeping my spine in place. I've had major hip surgery. I've had seven surgeries. I go, I'm not worried about the finger. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when, when Bing Glebe came to me, he said, well, I have you know, I have, he has endless stories. And we whittle them down to the three stories. And uh, I'll give a little teaser. Or, or, the one we already have up is Speechless Showtime, as we talked about. But the other the other two that he shared with me is one of him bringing Brian Cranston on and how he met Brian Cranston. Oh, really? How he, how he um, you know, he, he had him on his podcast and they became friends and all this other stuff. And, and, and kind of let, uh, that path that led him down becoming friends with him and, and uh, other people. And, and at the episode, I, I started chopping it up. And the episode, the cold open is him saying a week later i get a package in the mail and it's from walter white and it's full of meth <laughs> brian cranston shipped him a a, a a box of fake meth that they used on the show blue meth, and shipped it to his house and and you know became friends with him and all that other stuff and so we whittled it down to in the other story he shared was <laughs> he <laughs> Uh, since it was Ben Glebe and, and that kind of, uh, I don't know if you know his background or not, but he's he's not shy about marijuana. And so uh, we got, re- we told two stories, very sober, very legit, whatever. And then on the third story, we got really baked at my house. And he told a story about how the one time he got too high at a casino in character. He was doing a character. Oh, no about a guy who gambles too much, right? He's oh, doing no. this out-of-work magician that gambles too much, and he lost around $3,000 that night oh, in character, shit. got too high, and had to go to the emergency room. And meanwhile, he's telling this story as we're fucking baked, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, was a, it was a great time. And so, you, you know, you whittle through all these different things and you go, okay, these are the ones I want to focus on. These are the stories I'd like to capture. These are the stories I want to share. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a process, but it's not, it's, not, uh, it's not as mapped out as I think a, a lot of people uh, w- would assume. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, podcast is done. You have done all of your editing, got your music exactly where you want right. to put it, and now you put it into distribution. Yeah. Um, when you hit that send button, you know, that send button, and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, okay, uh, I, hope this, I hope this pays off well. It's just in the world, man. <laughs> Two things with that. One, do you uh, listen back to your own product again? Of course, several several times. Um, <laughs> I it's actually annoying in the house when I am working on these things because I you know I I have a home studio as well, so I, I have my mobile laptop that I take everywhere. Of course, and you know when I'm on tour, I can I can use it to edit when I on the fly. But my main uh, source, I have an iMac at home with GarageBand, and I have a big soundboard, and I have a I have a um, 
a studio microphone attached to a, a like a radio arm that comes yep. down and yep. all that stuff. So that's where I do all my narration and go back through and add my little two cents in. Um, so I have a whole setup at the house with, you know, different speakers and this and that setup so I can run it through and listen to it. So I listen to it on the phone. I listen to it on my iPad. I listen to it on my laptop, on the main computer. I want to see no matter what they're listening on, I want to make sure that my levels are correct that the you know that everything's in place that it's not going to sound like shit on on an iPad because I don't know what you're listening to it on I have no idea what the audience has um, I just want to be pre- as as much as I can be prepared for that outcome and you take notes of course where it's of like course. I could probably do this differently I should probably do that differently is there ever a point in time too when you're listening to it and you just go holy shit did did we actually say that R- oh yeah and you of just course. completely forgot what was said and then you hear it back it's like that is genius yeah. <laughs> it's usually shit it's usually <laughs> like oh, god i said that but no there are moments you know when when the music and and everything comes together again in like that that leah mansfield episode i think one of the one of the things i'm most proud of in that episode is when she does talk about that suicide and that music yeah. drops and it comes in you really fucking feel it hits you in your gut um, it's moments like that that I go, okay, I'm I'm doing something right here. Uh, you know, uh, the, if I can fe- if I can go back and listen to it and go, whoo, shit, yeah, that's when I know that there's something there. Are you able to look back at your numbers? You know, numbers of people who've listened to it or downloaded yeah. it or anything like that. Do you get discouraged by that at all? Uh, I do sometimes, you know. Um, Especially when you feel like you've put out a lot of effort into the product. Right, yeah. When there is a big, complex episode, like Ricardo Flanagan's episode, where I had to manipulate a, a fight and all this other stuff, and I and I didn't have all the resources I needed, so I was, I was dubbing in different things, and I, I really worked hard on that episode in making that come together. And, uh, and you go back, and you're like, oh... Only this many people heard it. <laughs> You're like, uh, why, why does this thing have a Grammy yet? <laughs> one day, one of my best friends, his father had an aneurysm that morning, oh, so we went to go see him at the hospital. You know, I, I went, me and uh, other friend of mine, Dre, we went to go support him. Ricardo said they spent most of the day at the hospital, and then when they got back home, they found his stepdad pretty drunk pretty early in the day. He comes stumbling down the driveway. Y'all seen Trina? That's my mother, Katrina. Yeah, yeah. He said that she stole some money from him because she went grocery shopping. Where my change? You know what I'm saying? Like, all some stupid stuff like that. It's so stupid. And I'm kind of mad that I fought for her honor over a grocery store receipt. So I'm looking at him, I'm like, I'm like, where's my mother at, man? And he ignored me. And I'm like, hey, man, where's my mother? He's like, y'all hear somebody talking? So I'm like, man, I'm just about to go handle this dude. You know what I'm saying? Right. But like, the weird part about it was, whenever I would get mad at this dude, my strength would, like, I honestly think it was just like God taking my strength away. Because I was going to, like, hurt this guy. Because like, when I was, we wrestled, we got into a wrestling match, like, uh, when I was probably 14 or 15. Yeah. And, you know, I'm super young. And this dude was arguing with my mom. She running out the house. You know, I'm holding my brother's hand. Yeah. And he, like, let his hand go. I'm like, no, nah, man, my mother told me to hold his hand. So he said, I said, let his hand go. And he grabs my hand. And then I flipped. I was just like, man, what I tell you about putting your hands on me? So I grabbed this dude. And I had this dude. I was choking him. 
just had this thing in the kitchen. It was like a cabinet or something. I was just choking this dude, you know. Like, and I'm a 15 year old kid. You yeah, know? yeah. I'm choking a 36, <laughs> 30, yeah, 37 year old man. You know what I'm saying? So right then, that's what was it was between us. Ricardo told me after that night, that's exactly how their relationship was. It was just pushing boundaries, waiting for the other one to misstep. Okay, so let's catch back up. Um, Ricardo spent most of the morning with his best friend at the hospital. Um, his dad had an aneurysm. Uh, they come home in the middle of the day, and they find his stepfather pretty drunk and pretty angry. Uh, he's looking for Ricardo's mother, who apparently kept some extra change from the grocery store? Okay. I think we got it. You know, of, co- of course, you, you, you always have those, you know, uh, you, you always want your work to, to, to pay out. You want, you want to feel like, you know, I, here's, here's what it comes down to. Uh, for me, it's, it's more about the quality of the product, and I know that if I'm making a good enough product, somebody will find it and it will catch on. Yeah. It's not going to be instantly a million hits or whatever. I mean, we got into the top 25 on iTunes in our first three weeks of having it, which was great, which was huge, which is I'm so proud of that. But I know that as long as I continue to put out a, a quality product and take the time that it really needs and, and all that stuff, then, yeah, it'll the, the, the numbers come. Podcasts are a dime a dozen now. You yes, know. everybody has. Everybody has a podcast. But what makes a podcast good, do you think? The again, the, the the quality. I hate it when people are like, "Okay, I, you know, when you go to do a pod, you never know the podcast setup." You know, you show up someplace and they're like, "Okay, we're gonna do this on my phone." No, we're not. Yeah, just be serious about it. Like you, you brought a fucking soundboard and these microphones, <laughs> all this shit. Like, I feel good about this. You know what I mean? Like, I don't this, bullshit. Man. Exactly. This isn't just somebody's iPhone. Like, okay, here we go. Like, fuck that, man. Like, spend the time, invest in you. If you're not going to invest. In, in in yourself, then why would I? Why why would I invest my time and energy into something that you're not investing time and energy exactly. into? Exactly. And that was the thing that I wanted to make sure that I was doing. Uh, you know, that's why I upgraded the Michael Malone show so so vastly when I did because I was like, okay, I need a soundboard that I can take on the road. I need microphones that I can that are studio uh, quality. I can take on the road and all this other stuff. And then when I set up my home studio for Punched Up, it was I bought a new soundboard. I bought those radio arms, like like the studio arms. I was talking about, uh, you know, the the guard that goes on. I wanted, I bought a, I bought an iMac to edit on and stuff. I bought a fucking studio setup to make it sound like there's a studio setup behind it. <laughs> oh, and, and that's the thing too, man. Like a lot of people, where you know, when they come into 4D, they're like, "Wow, this this is this is high tech, man. Yeah. Like this is no bullshit." And when it comes off, it comes off like a radio show. Right. You know, and I want it radio. I have a guy, like, here's the thing. I, I, I do all the placement and all the editing and all that stuff. But as far as levels and everything goes like that to make sure that the blending the sounds together, mm-hmm. I, have a, I, have a, I, have a, I have a partner in, uh, in the UK that does that. He has his own studio set up, like a professional, like, like sound studio. And he makes sure those levels are correct. So I ship when i'm done recording the episode and have everything in place and the music and everything's right i i track by track export those mm. list them to him okay this is track 1 this is my vocals track 2 is you know jim short or whoever i have on uh track 3 is all the music track 4 is <laughs> you know sound <laughs> i divide it up in the tracks put it in a zip folder send it to him 
he levels it out to make sure that it does sound radio quality. And then he sends me the final product of here, here's all your levels. And so I'm invest again, I'm investing in something that I believe is legit. So other people, when they listen to it, will feel the same way. Right on, dude. That's that's so perfect. Uh, Punched up uh, also has a a article now. They you guys do is it a, a monthly article? Is it a weekly article? Yeah, it's a monthly article. Uh, I started. I think we're in our fourth month or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's in, it's appearing in two magazines now. Um, well, one's called BG Life, and the other one is Face the Current. Um, they are so wonderful over there. I I, I met um, uh, a woman named Sasha when I was in uh, Portland. And she wanted to, and she saw my show. She was in town. Um, it's because both both uh, both magazines are uh, they are in print in the UK, but only in digital in the US. So she was over uh, in Portland doing some business, and she happened to be at my show. Um, loved the show, and she wanted to know if she could interview me for uh, Face the Current and BG Life. And I was like, of course. And so we did the interview, and then she, you know, she was like, listen, um, my higher ups love this this energy and this vibe that you have and all this other stuff and we'd love to work with you more and we're wondering where and what we could do with you and so i was like well in the idea of spreading punched up as much as i can and getting those stories out there i thought why don't i pick a story once a month and do a kind of written version of it and put it out as a an article and so we started again with Ben Glebe's from Speeches to Showtime. And since then, we've showcased Bill Blanks. And Chris Copes uh, is another great episode where he talks about having a, a, an aneurysm in his chest uh, while he was on tour. It's called Jeez. Death by Chocolate because he was <laughs> he's a bigger guy. And it was he was he had it near Hershey, Pennsylvania, which is where the chocolate <laughs> factory is and all that. So we went death by chocolate and I told that that article or whatever. And again, this is something that I invest in where all the artwork that you see, those kind of mosaic, you know, uh, abstract kind of headshots of these people. Right. Um, I don't do that art. I hire out for that. I, I have somebody that I liked working with before. And then I reached out to them and said, listen, I have this project. Uh, you know, what's it going to cost to have you do the artwork for it for this this magazine and and so again I'm investing in something that I believe in and hopefully that other people will see and 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 realize that it's it's legit it's not just I'm not just writing a blog here <laughs> you know what I mean it's it's the full package what is the future for punched up uh, I'm trying to translate it into video form so I'm trying to figure out how, what that looks like and and and, and how that kind of comes together um, I've toyed with a couple different ways, but it doesn't, it's just not, it's just not right yet. You know what I mean? And again, it comes down to that. Sure. I could rush and put something out and make a video, but I don't want to do that. I, right. I, I, I want it to, I want it to be shareable. I want you to, I want you to see it on your timeline and go, what is this? This is great. And, um, so I'm trying to figure out what that looks like as far as, uh, as turning these stories into video. That's so cool. Um, so you're turning that into video. You have the awesome article. You've got the podcast itself. Yeah. You're doing really well, man. <laughs> well, I'm busy, that's for sure. <laughs> that wasn't meant as a compliment. <laughs> uh, you're doing really well. I appreciate the time today. I, I appreciate sitting down with you. Of course. Um, before We're we, friends. That's, that's what friends do. They sit down in a hotel across from the International House of (laughs) Pancakes. Um, Just one final thought from you. Yes. 
what is your advice to podcasters out there? Uh, I guess it goes. It, it, it all stems from from investing in yourself. Uh, if if you want to be taken seriously, then act like it. You know, uh, take the proper measures, and and you know may, maybe you don't have the money for it right now. Okay, well then, don't do the podcast right now. Save up for it. Put back those ideas. You know, really really hone in on what on what you want to do. And you know, so many people have podcasts where it's just you know it's just bullshitting or whatever. Like focus in really figure out what you want to say and what you want to do and invest in that and and that's kind of what i've what i've done with punched up and it's the this this is what i want out there i want something that is like this american life and radio lab and that kind of thing i want it to be close to that level as i can get it because those are the things i enjoy and that's what i want to add to the world where can people find punched up uh, puncheduppodcast.com or you can always uh, follow us on Twitter at punchedupppod or you can go to malonecomedy.com and that kind of acts like a hub. You can listen to Punched Up or, uh, or watch The Good Doctor or my upcoming series, Bethlehem. And where can people find you? Everything is at Malone Comedy. So Twitter, Facebook, uh, regular website, everything, Instagram, whatever you have, uh, Snapchat if you're nasty, uh, malonecomedy.com. <laughs> awesome. Uh, thanks again for being on, and uh, we're going to go get some pancakes. Oh, God, pancakes. <laughs> <laughs>
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.